Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. Let's talk business with Ford Lease. Hassle-free vehicle leasing. Search Ford Lease to find out more. Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. Let's talk business with Ford Lease. Hassle-free vehicle leasing. Search Ford Lease to find out more. Right, uh, Margaret was in touch with us, WhatsApped us, 0861239595. So she's saying she had originally got her appointment for a Limerick Racecourse in Patrick's Well and it was due to be tomorrow, Saturday. Then she got a message on Wednesday to say it was being changed to Nina. She rang back and she asked why she was changed and uh, she was told too many need appointments. She turned down the Nina offer and she was told she'd be waiting now for another appointment. So we are waiting for uh, the people in authority, UL Hospitals Group, etc., to get back to us to specify exactly what the position is. Limerick Racecourse have confirmed to us that the Mass Vaccination Centre in Patrick's Well Racecourse is closed tomorrow because of racing. And it's also closed for another day in June and a number of days in July. So we're waiting to understand exactly what the position is around that. Clearly, I'm sure the race course have contractual arrangements and agreements around racing, which would have been in place before they were approached and became the mass vaccination centre moving from the Radisson on Tuesday uh, to there. Um, But we obviously want to hear from the people in authority on the health side of all of this to see uh, what their view on it is. And, and does that explain why appointments that we've been hearing about over the last few days from listeners are uh, at times outside of Limerick? One as far away as Dublin. And that listener was on with us. We made some contact. That listener was contacted and told, oh, well, no, we'll get you one in Limerick. But others are going to Mallow and others are going to Nina and whatever. And obviously, this is in the context of the current significant surge in um, COVID-19 in, in Limerick. So it, we, we, and what we're attempting to do here, to be very clear about this, this has come from listeners who've been in touch with us on this. It was a listener when Minister Nine Collins was on this morning who first said to us, the vast vaccination centre is closed. And Minister Collins said that it was his understanding they would run in parallel. In other words, you could have the racing, which wouldn't have crowds necessarily and the Mass Vaccination Centre running at the same time. But we've heard from the race course, that's not the case. The Mass Vaccination Centre is closed tomorrow for racing on and on other pre-committed dates, which obviously would have been flagged by the race course um, when uh, the Mass Vaccination Centre was uh, being talked about in terms of moving from um, the Radisson now to Patrick's Well. So anyway, there's a lot in it. Um, we're going to chat to uh, our um, uh, panellists now for our Friday morning virtual coffee break and delighted to welcome three good friends of the show. Megan Scully, uh, broadcaster and producer, Aileen Brown of the Irish Blood Transfusion Service and Limerick's King of Comedy, Mr. Carl Spain. Um, Megan, to start, let's start with this situation that's developing and, and the whole issue around the Mass Vaccination Centre that I, I've outlined there and we've been talking about on the programme throughout uh, the morning. What do you make of it all? I think, you know, it's, it's hearing it out loud and, you know, that the fact that obviously racing is going to take precedence over the vaccinations is, it, it seems a little bit unfair. It's like, it's you know, they should have maybe set it up in a way that, and I, and I understand, like, I come from a horse background, so I understand with the way the racing works out, but if it wasn't able to 
accommodate all the people. There should have been something else set up, like maybe another vaccination clinic in another part of Limerick where on the days bracing that people could move out there. And that way it would accommodate those who are getting vaccinated and also the horses and all the trainers. And it's just, it's kind of hard now, I suppose, with news in Limerick and the COVID cases rising so rapidly. And, you know, it, it, you know, it is the light at the end of the tunnel. People are getting vaccinated more and more. And it just seems that it's kind of putting a bit of a dampener on things when the vaccine centre now is only going to be open on certain days or, or closed for certain days to accommodate for, for other things that are happening. But, you know, I just think they could have maybe set up another, or even maybe downscaled on racing days. Like, you know, there is quite a significant amount of space there between the car parks and the, and the various surrounding areas of the track. So perhaps they could have just downgraded instead of closing it. Cause I think it doesn't send a good message to people who are waiting on a vaccine being told, oh, guess what? The centre's closed today. Come back again. Yeah, or be somewhere else. You know, uh, Nina has been mentioned. Mallow has been mentioned. In one case, Dublin was mentioned. And of course, while the restrictions don't stop Limerick people travelling outside Limerick, at the moment, we had the um, uh, public health specialist, um, Dr. Rose Fitzgerald, on with us during the week, and she was making the point that we have to be very careful at the moment, and that you know one of the things that might happen is we won't get to do the next phase of reopening in Limerick, the opening of indoor hospitality on the fifth of July, uh, alongside the rest of the country, unless we can get this average sixty cases a day that they're finding at the moment and that if the new walk-in centre centres is open as well under control. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I do agree with that. And I, and I think, you know, the way the cases are going in Limerick at the moment, a lot of people are obviously quite concerned and very nervous and, and I suppose upset as well. And I think, you know, if they were to ramp up the vaccine in Limerick, I think you'd have a much bigger uptake now because I think people are you know, everyone's fed up really at this stage. Things are starting to open up and all the, you know, you turn on the TV and Limerick is the top of the news and it's in all the papers. And, you know, that's not what we want to see. We want to be able to, you know, have good news for people and kind of keep momentum going. Because we've all noticed the energy right now around everywhere you go. It's really good because everyone's so much happier that things are opening and normality is resuming in some shape or form. And I think, you know, we should be able to to turn this around and make it into a positive story. So while we're trying to control the cases, and I know there's a load of um, free um, COVID test centres opening up around the place, but let's do something for the vaccine. Like, let's push that more. Let's get more people in. Let's maybe open a second vaccine centre, moving people to different counties. That's not how you're going to solve the issue. You have to remember, a lot of people don't drive or a lot of people with schools being back or people going back into the offices. The time just isn't there. And now I know you might say, well, if you get called for a vaccine, you should drop everything. But it's not that simple for everyone right now. And I think we need to make the vaccination centres as accessible and as positive an experience for people so that way they can get in, get the job done and get home and know that they're feeling safer being vaccinated. Aileen Brown, what do you make of this in the mass vaccination yeah. centre? Yeah, I think someone obviously dropped the ball on this one because obviously the race course knew in advance that they had racing booked on certain dates and obviously there was an arrangement made some with someone somewhere in the, in the agency in relation to days that it wasn't going to be available. But I would have expected that they would have anticipated that and would have looked at increasing capacities on the days leading up to a day that they're going to be closed to ensure that they're still meeting the target, the weekly target. But, but, but the difficulty, okay. Alien, for us, honestly, at the moment is we don't know that because no, well, we're, we're, yeah. still, we're, we're still waiting for somebody yeah. um, okay. from, from the health side of this. We've heard from Limerick Racecourse telling yeah. us that the vaccination centre is not open tomorrow because of racing. But we're waiting to hear what the position is yeah. uh, from UL Hospitals Group, or HSE, etc. Yeah, I mean, like increasing capacities on the days that it is working would have been the, the solution, you know, 
like giving people appointments and then cancelling them or giving them alternative appointments in a venue elsewhere, as Megan said, is definitely not the answer, especially in the in, in the current situation that we find ourselves in. And like, you know, most people who've gone to the vaccination centres have found it a very positive experience. They're very well organised. There's no delays. You know, it's, it's, it's quite a seamless process. But, but the other thing is, it, it's good to have you on this morning because you guys at the Irish Blood Transfusion Service, you deal with this type of logistics all the time. And indeed, you've oh, had to deal with it during COVID. Oh, absolutely. I mean, and, and, and even in more recent weeks now, we're finding venues no longer available and we're looking for alternative venues, running appointment systems, cancelling appointments, changing appointments. So, you know, it, but it, it is that a lot of logistics goes into organising it. But I mean, you know, something somewhere I'd say just... Something slipped through with someone, I would think, in, in, in this case, because obviously, you know, if the race course are saying one thing and we're not getting an answer yet from the, the, the HSE and the, the vaccination teams on it, you know, you just would wonder where the breakdown in communication is. Yeah, well, a listener saying here, well, what would they have expected when they put a vaccination centre at a race course? They weren't going to stop having race meetings. Mm-hmm. Um, Carl, what do you make of all of it? Yeah, I think it's what Aileen was saying. I think it's kind of sad that they haven't thought through the logistics of it. You know that, like she obviously deals with this. It is, it is sad that you know you can book it in. Like I don't. Is there, are they expecting crowds at the race course? I don't know. Like are they just using no? I think rooms? I think they're not expecting crowds. And and as I say, Minister Collins was saying to us in the first hour, it was his understanding when this was happening that it was all going to run in parallel. But of course, even if you don't have crowds, you still have a lot of people around a race course on mm-hmm. on race day. You know, that, that's just yeah. the way it works, e- even without paying punters. But I know for myself, from getting the vaccine, like, it was a huge relief. I got the first shot. And, you know, and I think for your listener who contacted you, like, you know, the thing about Nina, and it was probably stressful going, oh, no. And th- then we told, well, we don't know when. We'll give you one now. I imagine when you mentioned the breakdown in communication at the moment, it's just a case of they now need to find who they've to throw under the bus, you know, to blame for this mess up, you know, that they're going to say, oh God, who, this is this is blown up in our face. We didn't think of this. You know, I mean, the, the, the goal should be just to vaccinate as many people as possible. We should be Jab City in Limerick, you know, that's what we should be aiming for, you know. Uh, we should be almost targeted. If the numbers are big in Limerick, then try and vaccinate as many people as possible. Mm. Now, you know, I, I know Mr. Collins mentioned all right that pharmacies, you know, are going to come online around the country, including in Limerick. That'll give people another chance. Some GP surgeries have kept doing it down the age ranges, but actually, a lot of GP surgeries didn't. They stopped at seventy plus, and then they were doing the vulnerable um, uh, in 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 other age ranges. But they said, understandably, well, we've got to get back to our day to day role here, which is primary frontline medicine. And, you know, we're, we're, we're not vaccine centres. Um, and that's where the mass vaccination centre came in. And like you, Carl, I had a great experience at the one at the Radisson a couple of weeks ago when I got my jab. And, and I know, I was told actually at the, on the day, don't forget now your next one, 28 days from now, will be at the race course in Patrick's Well. It's fair to say there was no reference to racing, mate. <laughs> when, when that was said to me. And Jar is saying here on 86 Joe, whose idea was it to use the race course? Now, we all face delays or appointments elsewhere. This was not thought through properly, says Jar. Now, to be fair, to be fair, loads of people were saying, why don't we use the race course when it was out at the Radisson? The Radisson was working very well, although there was an issue around distance, etc., and transport. And they moved it back in because the Radisson said, well, we want to get back to what we do. We're a hotel. So, you know, the hospitality industry is is reopening. So, 
it's 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 all a bit complicated. Right, understandably, massive reaction coming into us uh, across um, social media at Live ninety five and here at the show about this uh, story. And as we're still waiting for uh, an official uh, view from the health authority side of all of this, as I say, we've heard from Limerick Race Course that because of racing going ahead tomorrow, which they would have been aware of, and I'm sure uh, everybody involved in the vaccination centre would have known that, that there were commitments made around racing, and that there won't be uh, a mass vaccination centre tomorrow there it'll be closed and closed it seems at this stage anyway from what we can gather on a number of other uh, days uh, between June and July so if we don't hear anything before we go off the air with this obviously Live 95 News will be following in uh, up on it so stay tuned to Live 95 and uh, also across uh, Live 95 social media for the very latest and, and we're more than happy to get whatever clarification needs to be got and to bring it to you um, as we always do in these situations because we do make every effort uh, to be balanced about these things but this is what listeners have been saying to us they've been in touch with us talking to us about it this morning uh, now uh, we're chatting to Aileen Brown to Carl Spain and to Megan Scully on uh, on our coffee break. Um, Carl, I, I have to say that you were involved <laughs> brilliantly in our April Fools, which was our, our Limerick's 10 to 1 competition. Um, you played the role of Anto and you threw the head at the final question because <laughs> you weren't happy that it was multiple choice. And the number of people who, A, were caught rotten with that April Fool on the morning and the number of people I have met since social distance and all of that, of course, uh, who said that they were totally fooled by it is is unbelievable. It was it was it was so much fun, Joe. The funny thing for me is, again, I got lots of reactions, but quite a few people said to me, "You caught Joe Nash abuse." <laughs> oh, <did> they? <laughs> they didn't. They didn't realise that you were in on it, and I didn't inform them that oh, you were. <laughs> which, made, which made your genius move to a whole different level, car. I said, "Oh, Joe was livid. I heard he was looking for my address. I was like, I, I was like, it was only a joke. Oh, no, I did tell people. People loved it. It really was great fun. I, I." I I have an idea for next year already if we do it again, but don't tell anyone. And what really surprised me was I even came across people working in this very organisation who were completely caught <laughs> by it. And I, I was amazed at that. And um, a couple of ex-employees of the place I met out and about over the <laughs> few weeks after was going, cheaper I, I didn't know what was going on. I thought you were going to go for him. You were, you, Joe, you were the natural in it. I, I was there. My favourite moment in it actually was I just made a guttural noise at one point. I went, oh. <laughs> and you nearly laughed. And that to me, I, I could hear a little tickle in your throat but you held it together. But that, that was my favourite moment. Oh, funny. And re- hearing the comments coming through, it was just, it was just fantastic. Oh, it, it gave us the, f- the, the best laugh over two hours that we've had during this pandemic. And the outrage and the number of people. There was one guy who threatened to report me to Henry Street Garda Station. <laughs> Fact. Because of the way I had treated Anto on the morning, it was just, it was great fun. It was great fun. Uh, anyway, um, to talk about other things, Aileen, the, the fake polling scandal as it's caused and the, the, a classic example here of you should wait maybe a little while before you condemn another political party because Sinn Féin there was a story in the Irish Independent saying that they had used people who uh, did not represent themselves as Sinn Féin knocking on doors but represented themselves as being with um, uh, a polling company that didn't exist getting polling information voter intention uh, to get a sense of where elections were going. And some in Fianna Fáil and Fine Gael were quick to condemn that, only to have to admit later in the day that Fianna Fáil and Fine Gael had been involved in similar practices 
What about all of that? Well, I have to confess, I was one of those people. As a student, I did the opinion polls. Did you, yourself? I did. <laughs> oh, that's very... I so so how did it work? I for the guards to knock on the door. How did it work, uh, Aileen? Look, I mean, I, I think some people have a very different um, opinion as actually what the reality was. Like, as students, you were brought into an area, you were given so many ballot papers and asked to get them filled. You know? So you'd knock on the door, you'd say, you're doing an opinion poll in the area, would you mind filling out this? You handed them a ballot paper, they filled it in, they put it into a sealed envelope, and you went off to find your next next person to fill up the opinion poll. So there was no data being kept. These people who think that uh, political parties were well organised and they were noting that Mary Jane living at number seven was voting this way. It was far, nothing could be further from the truth. That's I think parties moved away from it because really it was very, like, as a student, you know, as the evening went on and you weren't getting them filled, the temptation there was to fill them yourself up to get them done. So you weren't going well, to well, very I, I, I actually better declare here because any radio station in the country should declare this that in the context of this conversation that, that we obviously pay pollsters, Ipsos MRBI, the polling company, to do what's called the JNLR, which is the listenership research, and it's done around the country. Um, well, not during the pandemic, but it's back now anyway. Um, and that's about knocking on doors and asking people which radio stations they uh, listen to. Um, but they are a real bowling company yeah, <laughs> and yeah. their their volunteers identify themselves when they knock on the door as from there and you can obviously go back and check and this this was the, the complaint. What did you think of it, Megan? Well, I have to say, when she came out, I wasn't surprised and I just think, you know, if one politician gets caught out, the other parties shouldn't have kind of played the whole oh, this is awful, what are you doing? Because as we've seen now, all of them have come out and actually said, yeah, we all do this. Um, I, I don't have too much of an issue with it. I think, you know, it, at the end of the day, when it comes to politics, there's always a lot going on. I'm sure there's probably maybe much worse and much more controversial stuff happening that we don't know about. And obviously, it's, it's not really fair that this is happening. But then again, if all the parties are doing it, then maybe it is kind of fair. And I don't know if, if polls like that would actually sway a voter, really, especially nowadays. And uh, I guess now with social media, too, I think that's where yeah. we're probably going to see more stuff coming out in time to come. I think a lot of it was private polls. You know, they wanted to see in the background, not just the ones that were being officially done by companies, but sort of get a sense themselves where things were going. And sometimes you would talk to politicians and they would say things to you, you know, maybe publicly, maybe off the record, look, our private polling says I'm you know, a dead cert to top the poll in, um, you know, the Limerick constituency. And um, and, and you'd also, you'd also view that if you're trying to, you know, figure out if you're running new candidates, you might put two or three names on a ballot paper to see which of them is coming out the best. Yes, that that would work too. Now, uh, we had uh, Fine Gael MEP Sean Kelly on with us yesterday and he actually was making the interesting point that GDPR, that he was involved in devising in Europe um, as part of what he does there, that that would be a big problem now. That you know, since GDPR came in, any kind of polling that was done in that way is an absolute no-no as far as he's concerned. And you know, he's he's involved in active politics. Um, but Ham on Twitter has been in touch <laughs> to say. A uh, bit harsh now, Ham, I have to say. I'll read it, but it's a bit harsh because, to be fair, the vaccination centre at the Radisson has been working very well. I think most people's experience of it once they got to it is that it's good. But Ham says the first Limerick vaccination centre was actually in Clare and a pain to get to. The second Limerick vaccination centre closes for horse racing and people have to reschedule. Where will the third one be? At the top of Ballyhora and only accessible by mountain bike? <laughs> in the middle of the River Shannon, maybe, Joe? Uh, Ham. 
Uh, go on. Anyway, listen, thank you guys very much. Great to chat to you. Appreciate your Thanks time so as always. Uh, look forward to having you back in the studio soon as hopefully more restrictions ease. Um, that is Limerick's king of comedy, Carl Spain, Megan Scully, a broadcaster and producer, and Aileen Brown from the Irish Blood Transfusion Service. And don't forget, if you can at all, to put your hand up for the blood transfusion service uh, day absolutely need that at the moment and blood supplies are so important uh, for uh, the good health of uh, the nation and for individuals and it could be you tomorrow who might need that at uh, a moment after an accident or perhaps connected to an operation. You just never know when you may need uh, the, the kindness of strangers through the blood transfusion service. That is it from us. We haven't got um, a definitive statement um, from the um, UL Hospitals Group um, on the vaccination centre at this stage. Live 95 News will be keeping an eye on that and we'll bring it to you because we would like to um, maintain absolute clarity um, on this. Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. Let's talk business with Ford Lease. Hassle-free vehicle leasing. Search Ford Lease to find out more.